At this moment, on the terrace, he was examining the distant clouds over the sea half a mile below the garden, and the few villas watching the purple, the black, the dyed pink, and the golden, as they restyled themselves in one of those spectacular sunsets common on this coast. He broke off to stretch out a hand and to glance at the palm and widely stretched fingers as if looking at a mirror. And then, after the lapse into this habit of his trade, he looked at the sky again until the sound of the door opening onto the terrace made him turn. He saw a middle-aged woman and a young man standing there. He saw her snatch the young man's arm to reprimand him in a threatening way and then push the arm away. They moved to a table at the end of the terrace. Fraser, who preferred to be alone, thought this was the moment to go back inside, but the woman looked up as he got to the door. "'Lionel!' she called. Then she rushed at him. "'What on earth are you doing here? How extraordinary to find you at this hotel!' "'Mrs.' Fraser stood still and his eyes went wide with horror. "'Mrs. Morris? I don't believe it. How did you find it? When did you arrive?' He pulled himself together and all those fine lines on his face switched to politeness. "'What an unexpected pleasure!' With excitement she said, "'This is my son. He's come over from Canada.' And to her son she said, "'Tom, I wrote to you about Lionel. I've told you how he saved my life when Alec was taken ill.' The son was a tall, bulky young man who gave Fraser the worldly look of one more bored than surprised by his mother's habit of staring at men anywhere and the next moment going straight up to them and saying, "'We have met before.' "'I don't believe it, Lionel,' she said, and almost archly, "'What a thrill!' It would have been bad enough, Lionel thought, if Mrs. Morris had been one of his customers, it was worse that she was a neighbour from the flat below his own in London, whom, he thought, he had at last shaken off, staying here. A woman who talked and talked never finished her sentences, a floundering, overflowing, helpless widow, her face so dramatic as it shot out of her thick hair that was like an old black curtain round her cheeks. Fraser did what he could to hide the shock of seeing her, and then he was certain she knew what he felt, for the dramatic look went. She now gazed at him humbly, guiltily, as one given to excesses of gratitude, and saw the talent unwanted. "'As a matter of fact,' she said proudly, "'Tom and I are not staying at the hotel. It's too expensive. We have taken a flat in one of the villas down the road. We just dine here.' I used to live in these parts years and years ago when you were a boy, Tom. We have a lot of old friends here. And then she laughed away the shock she had seen on Lionel's face and said to her son, I know what Lionel is going to do. Walk and walk. I don't know how you do it, Lionel. I can't face hills any more. Do you know, Tom, he walks across Hyde Park twice a day to work when he's on his feet all day. I see you going out every morning from my window, Lionel. "'Oh,' said Fraser, ashamed now, for he liked her laugh. "'I'm sure we'll meet.' "'We're just going in to dinner. Early start tomorrow,' she said to her son. "'We're driving to Land's End.' To escape, Lionel said he was going down the road to see what the tide was doing.'